You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Get ready for an incredible episode as we dive into the captivating world of running with our guest today, Thibaut Delacroix, also known as the Nomad Runner Spirit. From quitting smoking and battling boredom after he quit smoking to embarking on an epic ultra trail challenge, Thibaut's running journey is nothing short of inspiring. Join us as he shares his incredible adventures, his running tips, and the transformative power of hitting the pavement or the trails in his case. And get ready to be motivated, to be entertained, and to discover why running is so much more than just a physical activity. Don't miss this captivating episode. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Today on Fit Mind, Fit Body, I am really excited to introduce you to Thibaut Delacroix, and I hope that I did that correct. I am terrible at pronunciation of things that are not English. So <laughs> welcome, Thibaut. Thank you. Perfect. It was perfect, Thibaut Delacroix. You're too Nothing kind. Is. You are so kind <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. But actually, I will say it's not written anything like that in French. <laughs> when, when you say it in English, I should say. Anyway, thank you. We will, um, we've already had lots of giggles about how terrible I am at pronunciation. So I appreciate you being patient with me and coming on the podcast. I'm excited to learn about you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And we can all just listen to you speak because the French accent is delightful. <laughs> so I'll probably just ask you questions and you can just talk for ages and that'll be it. Happy with that? Yeah, sounds good for me. Perfect. Yay. All right. Let's get started with, well, I don't know, where did you grow up? <laughs> All right, we will go back to France for this. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I grew I grew up in the northwest of France in a small village called Saint Sulpice La Forêt. <laughs> Not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have a go. Um, now, yeah, it's a really, really small town. It's not a town for you, it's just a small village. When I grew up, we was what fifteen hundred people in it. Oh, wow. Just, yeah. And we are very close to the city called Rennes. Rennes? Yeah. To give you an idea, Rennes is smaller than Obart. Oh, so it's not a, not a big city. We, are you <laughs> it's, it's, big, it's big for us. <laughs> What's the other European country's border that you're closest to? Uh, none. I'm uh, around off my place is the sea. I was on the coastal oh. side of France. Yeah. Okay. The next country is England. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. From, from my place to London is an hour flight. Wow, that's so close. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. how long does a train take? So I'm getting uh, distracted. Eight, eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. From, from Paris. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, I'm from Brittany. This is a Celtic part of France. Okay. Ah. Yeah. And how, how long were you there for? Was that most of your childhood? 
Yeah, I left there. I think I was twenty something. Yeah, and after I start to do some seasonal job, I was going to work in the winter in the mountain, and in the summer I was going back to Brittany for to work in a restaurant. Oh wow! Ah, that sounds exciting. So before we before we move on to some of that, because it sounds like you know your usual European sort of a bit like we have backpackers you know that come from Europe yeah. to Australia and, and vice versa we go over there too um do you have siblings yes I have big uh, big brother big sister ah and were they very sporty at school no <laughs> were you very sporty no, we, at school <laughs> no <laughs> no we 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 always been doing sports sport and stuff but it was more on the social side that okay. competition my brother did a little bit of competition for tennis, tennis and it yeah. was very good but that's it after we just my brother and I did soccer but more mm-hmm. as well more for the social because the team was our friend and just mm-hmm. instead to spend the time at home when they play soccer just why not playing with everyone and yeah, it's just now it was never a crazy competition. Only my brother with the tennis when he was younger, but that's it. And what was running like at school? Like how how did they, you know how at school, at least here, you know, you you go out and you have carnival and you have cross country yeah. and you have, you know, things that you have to do every year. Some people love doing them or some children and some children not so much. <laughs> You know, in France at school, this is not something we have. We don't have as much as you guys here. Sport in France is not something we push much at school. You can be good, but you have to do school. If you're good at sport, it's an extra, it's a side of school. But you have to do school, you have to do everything. And it's really rare to get young people at school pushed to the oriented with sport. Yeah. And this, I think it's one thing we miss a lot in France, but, wow, you know. I would have thought that they, I mean, I suppose we, anyway, I would have thought that they did have like a physical education, education we, side of it. It's- we have, but it's what is two hours at school and is going through all the sport and everything, but it's, it's nothing crazy. Just yeah. we, are, we are not really pushed. To do yeah. it, all the sports the, the young French people do it is outside of school. So the yes. academic is more focused upon at school. Yeah, mm-hmm. the sport is a separating. Is something you do on your spare time. You have nothing related to school. Oh wow! In school, you maybe have two hours of physical education per week. That's yep. it. That's it. And you have a teacher who will go to yeah running and playing basketball, volleyball, some yeah, sport soccer, like that. Yeah. yeah. That is basically just made to give idea yeah. to young people. But that's it. Oh, wow. Every every kids in France who do sports, they do that on a separate of school. You have nothing to do with school. Huh. There you go. It's funny how you pi- you picture it another way. I, I thought mm-hmm. it would be, you know, a little bit like us, but maybe even more. Uh, no, it, what I see here is the school and all the carnival and everything. It's great. Yeah. I, I wish I have been in school here. 
Well, you can, you can, you can, you can. I'm not going back. Out. I'm not going. Back. <laughs> I did everything I can to get out of school. Oh, I see. So, so when you left school, you said so you went and did like seasonal kind of work up in the mountains and then in restaurants. No. What did you do? I, Basically, when I was at school, I always been work. Soon I was in age to work. I've been working on side of school to earn money. What sort of work? I, I did everything. At one point, I was uh, the bar back in a nightclub on the weekend, and I was yeah. at school every day of the week. Uh, wow. After I've been working in the public hospital in my place, and I was basically at the laundry service. I was washing the the bed sheet and the uniform and stuff like that. Oh wow! Yeah, and. I missed my diploma twice and I didn't want to go back to school. I quit school and I took a permanent job in the in the laundry service of the hospital and I stayed for three years and a half there. Oh wow. Working, yeah. And I get back my diploma diploma, but out of school I still learn by myself just to get my diploma. And soon I get my diploma. I saved some money and after I left and did seasonal work uh, in France. And you were like, that's it, I'm, I'm out of here. I've got, yeah. I've got to explore. So do you, yeah. is that part of, like I know a little bit, obviously you sent me a little bit of your, your journey and where you want to go and it's a very adventurous thing, I, is it you? So it, is that your nature, do you think? I, I think it's always been in me to like discovering and adventure and everything. But I don't know why, because my parents always been supportive and always been pushing me in what I want to do. Yeah. But I never just, I, I, I never did it really just left and do that. I did that, but very late. Yeah. I, I left to, to England. I basically going out of France alone. I did it. I was, yeah, it was eight years ago. I mean, yeah, was, I was 26. So eight years ago, you were 26. So now yeah. you're like ancient. No, you're not very nah. old still. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, just 26 is still late for when you have Europe open to you and you can go to any country and everything and you don't do it, you know. Mm. I start at 26 years old. If I know oh. I will have loved that that much, I will have done when I was 20. Why, why I missed three years and a half of my life in a work I didn't like when Europe was open? I guess there are a lot. It's, it's interesting. I, it was funny because I had that conversation today with some people because when I was 19, I traveled from here, from, from Tasmania and went to England on a one-way yeah. ticket because I've got relatives and things there. But then when I got there, I got into, you know, a group of friends. I got a couple of jobs and at the time, I don't know what it was. It's almost like I say now, if it was me back then, being me now, back then, I would definitely have done a lot more traveling and exploring. But it's like I got over there and sort of into a kind of, I guess, comfort zone. But I was um, not, I don't, maybe I was frightened. I don't know the word. Mm. It's probably not right. It doesn't make sense because I was only 19 and I went all yeah. that way by myself and things. So I kind of been super frightened, but I didn't have enough whatever at that point at 19 to go and yeah. explore the rest of Europe which as you said was just on my doorstep when I- exactly. but you were 19 
I yeah, and waited, I was <laughs> I wait 26 years to do it. But I didn't go any further. That's <laughs> like I just went. Like I just went to England. I could have gone so many, and I have since gone. But I was, you know, in my 40s when I did that. So, yeah. So I understand what you're saying. It, you know, it might seem, yeah. I just but went it, from similar from here to there. Really, it wasn't that much different from yeah. here to England. Yeah. Mm. You see, the first, when I left to England, I was supposed just to go for two, two, three weeks holiday with yeah. a friend of mine. Yeah. And, a, and a week before, my friend called me and said, oh, I lost all my ID and everything. I can't leave the country. I'm stuck. Oh, no. And say, all right. And I was there so still going or I, I canceled my trip as well or everything. And just he switched in my head and said, okay, I sell everything I had in my flat, everything else put in my pencil, and I take a one-way ticket. Oh, wow. And I came back in France a year and a half after. I was supposed, yeah, just, it's been my chance to go adventure, go see something else, go learn a new language, meet new people and everything. And I'm glad I did it because look now, eight years after I'm in Australia. Even further away. (laughs) Because you said it was only one hour's flight, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. From where you were living to England. In the last eight years, I did a lot, you know, because I spent two years in England spent two years in Australia after and uh, with my partner and after we left we did a um, little bit more than a month in uh, South America oh, we wow. spent two years and a half in Canada and we came back to Australia about three years ago wow just and we've been just traveling 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 for so how do you support yourself in all your traveling What's because I'm working hospitality, for me, it's quite it's easy to find a job yeah, kind of yeah. everywhere I go. Yeah. And now I have a lot of experience. It's getting easier and easier. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, that is one. It's very common to see, you know, in a cafe or in a bar or a restaurant with a sign saying, we're looking for Yeah. <laughs> They're always and, looking for help in hospitality. Everywhere, just after, mm-hmm. just sometimes in some city can be hard to find, but just be patient, do any job and something will show up at one point. And just you will meet someone who his uncle have a bar and needs someone for the Saturday night. And, you know, just it's always a job for Rwanda. Just, yeah. just need to be patient. I love <laughs> um, so do you, how did you get from, you know, going to England and then back to France and then, well, off to the rest of the world? What what made you my, go? Because it was only an an hour, you know, it wasn't that far to go to England and come my, back. So how did you go? My my, my partner, I meet her in England, and she's Tasmanian. Oh, she isn't. I didn't <laughs> realize. Oh, now I know the connection. I assume she was Australian, but I wasn't. Didn't know she was Tasmanian. No, she's from Tasmania. She's from Hobart. Ah, so she was doing the same thing, but in, in like she England, was doing what yeah. I did when I was nineteen. <laughs> she Basically, was... <laughs> in England, and just we met, and just after when we decided. We were staying together and say, okay, uh, we live in England. We try to stay here. Just, and I wanted to go to Australia. She said, yeah, come in my country. We'll visit. Oh, and, I, and I had to uh, say to my old boss in France, say, oh, no reason. I will be here for the season. Just basically uh, after England, I came back to France for a season for work for eight months. Yeah. Make as much money as, as I can. And my partner in Australia. You must be really good at saving money because that was the other thing I think that stopped me traveling a bit when I was 
19, I was like, I just, uh, I think maybe I was spending money as I was making it, which is pretty bad. But. Yeah, I'm, I never been enough. I never had money really just, I can save if I have a thing. But a goal. Yeah. 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 Can't be too long. If not, I will spend it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Running so, shoes are expensive. Oh, yes, they sure are. Oh, so, so your partner, um, it's she's really responsible for your never-ending traveling story in the last sort of yeah. Eight, eight she years. she's the one with the travel spirit. I'm just tagging around, you know. Just you do, you're just hanging on. <laughs> I'm coming with you. <laughs> what does she do out of curiosity? Is she also a hospitality she's, worker? No, yes, a bit. She's a cocktail bartender when we're traveling, but yeah. if not, she's a, at the moment she's a receptionist for a chiropractor. Okay. Yeah, so my daughter is in Melbourne, um, just finished her university degree, but all the way through, she she had two jobs. She still has them and she's a medical receptionist and she works in a cafe. So it's yeah. pretty similar to your, your partner. And yeah, that is what my partner said. Just I like the variety. Just one day, just you're with medical people and everything. And the next day, you're yeah. just here to pour some drinks and having yeah. fun. And yeah, they just... Yeah. yeah, they complement each other because they're so different. Because you, yeah. you said that variety. <laughs> one really serious, and the other one is a little bit more festive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You probably see a lot of the people that you uh, were looking after in the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's kind of funny. So now we've we've got a picture of who you are and and some of the cool stuff that you've been doing, um, and and how your life. Do you have any like beyond? We'll talk about the running in a minute, which is obviously what this is about. Because running podcast, but what what are you thinking about for the next say ten years? What do you? What's your vision? Not for running, but just for your. We with my partner, we are trying to open our business. Hopefully, in the next year, if it's possible, we will just be business owner, and. Hopefully everything work well and we can have a decent life here. And just when we are ready, we will sell everything and go to Europe. <laughs> so what sort of business are you thinking? To we, we're trying to open a, a bar food snack. Ah, so in hospitality? Yeah. yeah. Obviously. But me, I've been working on the idea for a few years now and start to make some recipe and everything. I like to have everything related to sport and mostly endurance sports. Oh, beautiful. Basically, the ideal will be to have a food truck and to be able to join the sporting event and to be around. But with nice, um, you know, food that supports the the athletes rather than Nice healthy food (laughs) and nice healthy food and just, yeah. I have a lot of ideas. Oh, I love it. Just need need to put it in physically working. Yeah. Well, watch this space, everybody, and uh, <laughs> we'll help you put it out there once you uh, once you, you get it going. Hopefully, hopefully, if everything goes well next year, we should be on. Yay! Awesome. All right. <laughs> now, when did you start running? How did that Oof. start in your life? Uh, I started running what it was seven years ago. Oh. Yeah, really. I always been able to do sport or anything, and but I was like 
95% of French people that was a big smoker before. I did <laughs> notice that when I was in France, that there was a lot of smokers in France. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I was a smoke, uh, quite a heavy smoker. I was smoking a lot. I was smoking heavy tobacco without filter most of the time. Just, yeah. And one day, just I decided to try to quit smoking. And yeah. I get bored really quick and I say, all right, I have to do something instead. And I start running. And since I never stopped. Why did you choose running? It was easy. I didn't have much money. I have a pair of sneakers at home. Just, I have a, a cycling track uh, five minutes from home. Just So you were in France at that point? It wasn't. No, I was in Tasmania. Oh, you were in Tasmania. <laughs> Where were you at that point? You're in Tassie. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And what? Why did you? How did you keep going? Like, like you describe somebody who's who was a smoker. So, so therefore, your body, you know, your body isn't naturally or doesn't make that easy for you, especially those first couple of months. Can't have been yeah. that easy for yeah, you. Yeah. No, it's been quite hard at the beginning, but mm. I'm one of the lucky person who have a really slow earth beat, uh-huh. and to run to my exhaustion, it will take me time. You know, for me to be out of breath, I need to really push my body to get okay. it out. Yeah. And when I start running, I, if I was not going fast, I was able to run for quite a long period for a beginner. Yeah. But after I walk, but I I don't know if it's a problem or a quality, but I have a I'm actually really have an addictive personality. If yes. I do something, I will do it 150%. A number of runners on this podcast have talked about having an addictive personality. <laughs> and so <laughs> and me, it's a better me, thing to be addicted to. Yes, yeah, that means what I say. I was addictive to tobacco, smoking. And, mm-hmm. and when I stopped that, basically running came and it's been a new addiction. Yeah. And now it's what I do every time, sometimes too much, maybe. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like if I do something, I just do it, do it, do it, do yeah. it, do it. And... I totally understand that. I, I was a smoker also in my yeah. late teens and early 20s when I was in England, <laughs> when I was 19. Uh, and then I think it was when I was having one of my first kids, I decided that's it, I'm quitting smoking. Mm. And then by the time I gave birth to her, I'd started running. But became mm. a yeah, so that kind of you know the pregnancy was the thing that stopped me. Yeah. But I think once I'd had her, it was the running that kept me not doing yeah, it because yeah. it was like they've completely in my brain completely opposite activities. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, what kind of running did you start with? I basically I don't remember. I think the first run I did was two k. Yeah. <laughs> on the path and I feel great and everything oh good and after just keep on going and keep on going bigger and bigger and join some people join some running group and how did you find the running groups uh, it was one in the path I joined but I feel like I was not good enough to be in the leading group really? and a lit- and little bit too fast to be in the back group and basically, I spent my my first day running alone in the middle, oh. and I didn't really enjoy it. I stopped running with group, 
And yeah. I started back when I was in Canada. I find a group and is where I just start to run with group and okay. ID. I think it was one of the best choice I did in Canada mm-hmm. was to join the Night Terror Run group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just I met so many people there. And I think they helped me to progress and keep running as much as I So to find a running group, just thinking if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I wish I want... You know, I need to find a running group. How do I do that? I assume it like online or in running yes. shoes, stop, you know, shops, that kind of yeah. place? Yeah, me, I, I will recommend to use uh, Strava ah, first of because yeah. on Strava you can uh, look for running club uh-huh. and most of them have put their date and I, like if someone in Adelaide wants to run, I have a running group on the Saturday morning. Yeah, and you can have all the information on the Strava on the Nomad Runner Speed Strava Club. I love that. Every every month, I would put every set for every date, every Saturday morning, where is the meeting point, the time, and the route we will do. Something like that. You can say you're coming, you're not coming. You can just have everything. You can contact me if you need a carpooling. If you know, it just everything oh, is wow. really easy on Strava. Um. Don't let me forget, but if you give me the link to your Strava group on there, I'll um, put it in the show notes yes. as well because yes. that might be really useful for people. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realise there was – I knew that you could have run groups on there, but I didn't realise there was so much communication possible inside see, see, Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah it's, Strava is very good. And after as well, see, social media. Mm. Just on social media, now you can find everything you want. Just a yeah, group course. you will be – yeah, the running group and the city, the name of the city in Facebook, you will find something definitely. I was in <laughs> this is like a brag point, it sounds like it, but I was in Hawaii in July actually working, so it's not that exciting. But yeah. I wanted to do some running, and I, yeah, I went to Strava and had a look for some routes that were near the hotel, and that mm. was really cool because I went, Oh, I can, you know, run up around Diamond Head and whatever, and yeah, yeah, rather than because I'm quite happy to go for a run aimlessly as well, but I thought that. <laughs> There might have been, you know, some trails. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to run with group. They are usually made with local people who know yeah. some trails. You will good never point. go by yourself. Just yeah. uh, you don't know how long the trail. Or imagine if you start and it's a fifty k trail. I always want to do that. <laughs> what it makes me think of is those times where you've gone for a run or something. You've been like, oh, it's been okay, like in a new place. It's it's been okay but it was all on the footpath or whatever and there was too many cars around. And then you look at the map later and you realise there was a park one street away that you could yeah. have been running around. But because you're not a local, you didn't know that it was there. Like, So there's a really good reason to, you know, go running with some locals. No, yeah, and you just, if you go as well in the park and you arrive, sometimes you have three or four ways to take and you don't know which one, just sometimes the, the one in front of you is will be blocked in 200 meters. <laughs> so the one will go way too far and you will have to turn around and at the end you don't see anything. <laughs> it's crazy. Our running group is great. Yeah. Um, all right. So actually the other thing to mention probably with running groups is that a lot of people on the podcast, especially earlier on when I'd say, you know, why did you start running? They'd have all some different reasons why they started running. Um, but why do you keep running? A lot of them will say because of the people they met and the people yes. that they run with. And it's it's that, you know, when you run with a group, you know, you're yes. meeting people. By Italy, you have the Uber Trail Runner on the Wednesday. This one is awesome. Just socially, is yeah. perfect run group. Just yeah. You can find someone with your level. Just the paths are never too hard. And 
it's really socials are really nice just run along and chat um yeah. earlier on in the podcast like we're up to this is like 240 odd episodes but earlier on in the podcast we actually talked quite a bit on and off about why that's good and how people found that when you're running you're you're not looking directly at someone, especially mm-hmm. for blokes, because it can be quite intimidating to chat about things that are going on in your life when you're eye to eye with people like we are right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But when you're running, you're, you're looking straight ahead and you yeah. can have those kind of conversations that maybe you wouldn't normally have with people, which I found really interesting. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to speak to someone if you don't have the eyes on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... yeah. Fascinating. A bit like a men's club, but for girls as well. Because <laughs> you know, girls are the same. Um, but I often say my friends and I that we meet twice a week and have done for like 20 years. Mm. And we we think we know the minutiae of each other's lives more than our families know of our because you yeah. talk about things like the toilet was blocked this morning, or you know, just silly <laughs> stupid stuff that you don't talk about like when you meet your see your family once a month. Yeah, or whatever, you know, it's kind of a funny. Thing. Yeah, definitely. They know you really quite well in, in a different different layers and stuff. Anyway, um, so you're running. Have you done, tell me about the sort of racing that you've done for a start in the last I, seven years. Um, I basically just, when I start running, I start really with, I would say, small distance. Just I did really progressively everything. Yeah. I start with a 10K. I I think my first race was run the bridge in about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one. And after when I moved to Canada, I looked for I did a couple of 10K. I did a half marathon. And I saw I was ready to get bigger. I said, okay, next goal, I do a marathon and I want to do it in under three hours. <laughs> and after that, I will see where I'm going. If wow. I do it, I'm going to try distance. And I trained hard for it and I did it. I did two hours 58 <gasps> for the marathon. Wow. In that, I say, okay, done with marathon. I'm going for a try distance. <laughs> I'm and, after, <laughs> and after I've been doing 100K and I was wanted, yeah, I wanted to do an 100K in Canada, but it's been cancelled due to COVID. Uh huh. And I did it by, I did it with a friend. We go with a friend, we take the car and we go off and we had the, the route of the race and we did it by ourselves. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> and we ran it and we ran our 100k just together. Was it and a road? Was it road or trail? It was trail. We was in the middle of kind it's of nowhere. a park thing. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't see much people at this time. It was great. <laughs> And after we did another run together, and when I come back to Australia, I say, okay, 100 mile race is the next step. And I did a Tassie Tri-Fest uh, two, two years in a row. Oh, I did see you on the on the Facebooks because I did have a look at mm. that, at, at the crazy people who were doing the, like, <laughs> running through the night <laughs> stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the, how do they do that? The 25 loop seven times. <laughs> yes, beautiful, but... <laughs> Just... Oh, I feel like I know the Launceston as a Qatar gosh pretty well. Oh, I run up there quite regularly. It's beautiful, but I can't imagine I going around and around and around and around and around and around and around. And around. For 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, that was incredible. It was so you, you really have just gone from 
is that normal for, for you? Is your in your personality? Do you think to go from that? You know, I'm starting running. Okay, I do my ten, then I'll do a half, then I'll do a marathon. You haven't stayed at any of those levels for any length of time. It feels like. No, is usually when I do something, I'm going straight where I want to go without watching if I need to go little by little or go where I'm. running is the only thing. Or early on, I say, oh, maybe I should go step by step right. to reach the long distance after. And it's been a good choice. <laughs> it does, does appear. You seem to be quite a natural at it, like to be able to do, you know, a marathon in under three hours for a bloke. Um, yes. That's pretty good. Like even, you know, a lot of people are irrelevant of age when they've started running and they get their eye on a marathon. It becomes, I just want to do it under four hours. Yeah. So I know you're, you know, you're, you're not um, an elderly person in any strength being, you know, Late 20s, early 30s. How were you in your late 20s when you did the marathon or were you early 30s? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Late 20s, yeah. 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 So it is, yeah. It's, been, it's been a lot of training. Basically, with my half marathon time, uh, ooh, I think what's the fastest one? 125 or 124, something like okay. that. I know I was able to get the time for the marathon. Yeah. But the training will have to be quiet heavy yeah it's for that and i running with a running crew uh, in canada was good and the guys who was leading it was giving personalized training uh, oh, nice. helped me a lot oh that's great to, yeah. yeah to reach the level i was needed and i have friends who are really good runner as well was pacing me for the race that's just awesome i don't think without them i will be able to do it but yeah it's done it's done. Tick. <laughs> Tick. Um, eventually you'll run out. Well, maybe you won't. I don't know. <laughs> How did you, it makes me think, like you said, the training's really heavy and I've done like uh, eight marathons and an, and an mm. ultra and I'm training for my next ultra at the moment. And I, so I know that the training can be pretty tough um, to fit in. So, but I imagine as a, hospitality worker which I assume that's what you were doing in Canada how do you fit in you know maintaining your work schedule as well as the, your training I'm I actually don't sleep much okay. I think <laughs> um and I'm usually work in hospitality just evening and night okay yeah but, um, just basically if I can get back home by midnight, one o'clock, a lot of chance I will be awake around of eight, eight thirty the next day. Yeah, that means just I have a full day yeah. before I go work to train and do whatever I want and recover. Okay. And yeah, it's what it's what I have been doing for many years. Mm. And yeah, it's been working. And right now, I'm starting to change everything because now I'm still working in hospitality, but I work mornings. Ah. I'm doing breakfast shift in a hotel three days a week. And I'm working on the day for two days a week. But I'd stop working at night and I stop working in the weekend. So you're running That's with mean, a head torch? <laughs> I, I'm coming back in the more like... A, uh, normal people, I will say, yes. schedule. <laughs> yeah, more, more like uh, to be around of people who do nine to five, basically. Yeah, at uh, 
for me, that is a new thing to to put in my schedule as well because I never lived like that for the last 10 years. I always been living, working at night, mm. or evening night, and was doing my life in the day. Oh, now it's different. It's not bad. How are you finding it? Are you finding it? You're adjusting? Uh, yeah, it's a bit tough to adjust. It's, it's hard for me to go to my speed training after a day of work. Mm. When before I was doing it in the morning, I was going to work after. Yeah. Now I have to do my work and go after. Just it's on tired legs. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But it, I think it just, I just need maybe a month of adaptation and it will be pretty good. What are your family and friends that knew you before you ran? What do they think of all this running that you do now? <laughs> uh, they they're pretty happy for me. They, they, most of my friends are impressed with what I do. And just, I have actually one who asked me if I can coach him now because he would like to, to get back running and everything. Just, you know, it's good. After, is they just, if you ask them, they will tell you just how we never been imagined Thibaut doing that. He have never been the, the athlete who, the best athlete of the group or anything, you know, it is, I was always just in the middle range yeah. during my life. But no, yeah, just everyone just say, oh, big change. Wow. <laughs> so what, has, in your opinion, what's been the biggest change for you in your life since you started running? I think is my quality of life. I'm The fact that I stopped smoking, and running instead, way more healthier. I feel like I reduce my drinking as well by, you know, just I'm not going out on the Friday and Saturday night because early morning I'm I'm pretty yeah. <laughs> lot doesn't of feel good. <laughs> in my twenties, I ran with a hangover a few times. Yeah. It wasn't pleasant. I no, I just so I didn't do that again. I play soccer with hangover. It's not it's not great, you know. But, but uh, yeah, just lots of I've. I feel like running bring me an healthy life now. Yeah. And I'm really more calm, you know, just I get less angry. I'm just less stressed and just, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I enjoy my, my, my life way, way more now. You chill. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, what are your goals coming up? All right. What are the things you want to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> Next next year is a is a it will be a big year for me. I'm going for the triple crown under for Australia. So can you explain that to other people yes. who do not know what that is? I do, <laughs> but <laughs> the it's tri- crazy. <laughs> the triple crown under is three races in the year, and each race is two hundred miles. That means it's approximately between three twenty to three fifty k. We will say. Wow. And you have the first race in WA in February. Mm-hmm. The second one is in South Australia in April. Mm-hmm. And the last one is in Queensland in August. It just happened, didn't it, mm-hmm. for this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And just, yeah, you have to do it, the three of them, in the year, calendar year to get the Triple Crown Australia. And what is it about that that is so shiny and exciting for you? I honestly, I 
all the time I, I set a goal, I when I reach it, I want to do something else. Basically, mm-hmm. my one of my last goals was to do 100 mile race in less than 24 hours. I did it last year at Tassi Tri-Fest. Yes. And I was knowing after that, I wanted to go on a 200 mile race. Mm-hmm. It was my goal. And when I look for, is where I discovered the triple crown under. I was not aware of this. <laughs> you should have listened to my podcast. We wouldn't have talked <laughs> about the triple crown, but we have talked a lot about those races that you're talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, and when I discovered that, I said, wow, this is my next goal, you know, just at one point, just, yes, I'm still young, but I'm getting older and older and older. And I cannot guarantee that we'll be able to do things like that just for a long period of time after. Yeah. I say, okay, I'm in the prime of my career, I guess. Yeah. Let's do it. Is this year, let's see if it's happening. And basically, when I discovered that, I wait for my partner to come back home. And when she's back, she was back home, I said, okay, I find something. I would like to speak with you first. <laughs> and I spoke to her and explained to her. And she said, it's not something you can do at every time of your life. It's way too big. You have to be in shape to do it. Say, so go for it. Sign for it. Uh, I support you. And uh, she's, and she's taking uh, the support crew uh, position. Basically, she will be here on each race to be here for at the head station for me and everything. We have been training. Uh, we have been doing it for the last two years on my big race now. Yeah, I, we always learn about you know about each other when <laughs> I, I arrive after twenty four hours and uh, <laughs> and she comes. You have to eat there. <laughs> nah, don't speak to me right now. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, it does really test a relationship. Actually, <laughs> like... uh, no, no, we are pretty good like that, and just. Yeah, to have her support was mm. what I was needed to push the button signing. Okay, yes, I'm going to do it. And it's done. It's signed. Now I have no choice oh, to go. Wow. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm really excited for you. And I can't wait Thanks. to watch it next year. That's going to be just amazing. <laughs> Lots of training. Although yeah. I assume most of the training feels like it will happen between now and the first one. Yes. <laughs> and it's... after that, it's almost like the training that you've done is when you'll keep the foundation. And I don't really know anything about training for multiple ultras like that in in a year, but it feels like yeah, the first one tick, okay, that's almost the training for the next one. <laughs> that, that makes sense. But this is yes, the fact of you have only two months between the two first one mm. is you have to think recovery. Yeah, with the training is basically. This is one of the, I think will be one of the hard parts. Yeah. I was actually speaking with uh, Brian for another podcast this morning. And he was asking me, what what do you think will be harder? The two months between the two first ones mm. or the four months between the second and the f- uh, third one? Say, do you prefer to go straight in the second one or have many months of recover, it will be harder for you to go mm-hmm. back. Or, and I said, ah, I actually didn't think about that. No. But I think the recovery time between the two first would be the hardest, yeah. yeah. I think just after the second one, you can recover longer. 
keep training and you have more months to prep yourself for the last yeah. one. Yeah. And and maybe it's something that you can't really know until, until you do, you do it. it. Yeah. yeah. Because your body will be, will be what, how you'll be able to answer that in the future. Yeah. Like h- how did that go? After for me, I'm as well lucky on the way of, here I get look after three person. They in connect healthcare on Flatton in a day. I have Ryan who is my chiropractor. Scott yes. is a podiatrist and Bo is a sport masseur. Oh wow. And basically they look after me pretty well. I'm going to see them once a month usually. Yep. Each of them and something like that. They check all my body and just help me to recover faster and relieve the pain and check if it's not any injury coming in or anything. And I think for between the first one and the second one, to have them to help me to recover and to be able to do some dry needles and some massage. And I think it will be, yeah, I think it will be really beneficial to have them on my side. Absolutely. uh, Yeah. Wow, that's very exciting. What are you hoping to learn about yourself by completing this challenge? Resilience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just I, I, I'm good when I'm going for a long run by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm good, but I'm a social person, a really social person. Oh, really? I, need, I haven't I need noticed. To- <laughs> <laughs> I need this I need this human contact I need to speak to people and I know in this kind of phrase you always have some long long part of your by yourself yeah. in the middle of nowhere wow in most of this place place I never been before it just I think it will be learning to be ready for alone with myself basically for yeah not in an enduring time, you know, when everything just is, yeah. you don't know what is front of you, you don't know what is around of you, you don't know anything. Just, just to be alone and to be able to adapt. So the part yes. of the adventure is not just the environment that you're in, but it's you. Yes. Like the, learning more about you, when what and, you, who you are when you're not around that's it. lots of and people. Y- and you're mortal, you know, just yeah. how, I will not say to, Control your mortal because it's, I don't think it's something you should control. It's something you should let go and develop. But it's, yeah, do not go too far as well uh, in your thought and yeah. just to be able to control your thought when you're alone for a long, long period of time. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I've there's um, Sri Chimney, Chimnoy Racing. Have you heard of Sri Chimnoy? Probably no. something else you should get into um so that's no we hate you I, I will um i i have spoken to a couple of people on the podcast who do have done some of this kind of running and um sri chimnoy is a monk from i want to say thailand but somewhere like that but there it's a bit like the monks that run marathons okay um but they do one race for example in America where they run for 32 days but okay. something like that 30 32 days and you but you run you have to run between 6 a.m and 6 p.m every day to be in the event okay and the run that they're doing is around something like Times Square like this one is okay. done in New York I think they do similar ones all over the place 
Um, and the idea is that you just get up every single day and you do, you run that 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. And you've got to, you're, the goal is to reach, I think, might be 3,000 kilometers, something like that. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link yeah, and stuff yeah. to that. But, but it is, and I can see it's the next kind of thing you might get into. But it's, um, I've spoken to people who do that kind of stuff and I'm like, why are you doing it? And a big part of what they talk about and even the philosophy around why the monks do that is the trans in, the transformation that happens to you as a person yeah. when you do those kind of things. And it's a bit like what you were just explaining um, you know, that being alone with your thoughts and how you deal with that and what you learn about yourself when you do yeah. things like that. And um, even Pat Farmer, who's one of Australia's ultra distance runners, you might've heard of him. He's been yeah. on podcast as well. And I asked him, why do you run so silly distances all the time? And he said, he really likes the way a long event like these um, tear you down as a person. Like you really mm. get some low points, but then by the end of it, it builds you up again. Yeah. And it's that process of of developing as a person. Yeah. That that you learn a lot about yourself and that he thinks he grows as as a person and um, and improves and and develops going forward and makes him better able to mm. to face the world and, and all of the things that that throw at him. So I, I just find it fascinating because most of us live in a comfort bubble mm. <laughs> where we don't hardly get out of our chair and we hardly do more than turn the telly on or watch Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So and, are we, are we going to look on it? I'm interested. Oh, yeah, I, I, will, <laughs> I will send it to you because I think you'll be fascinated as well. There's, there's heaps of stuff in, in mm. this um, area that most of us don't know about, including yeah. me. I'm, I'm I'm going for my first backyard ultra in oh, yeah. November. Yeah, I just I never did it, and I said, "Oh, it can be a good way to prep my body to go for a long period on feet." Yeah. And just yeah, I say okay. I signed for the hysterical backyard ultra in Duxton. I've also had um, the Australian world record holder. <laughs> On, on here. I've had him on here as well for the backyard ultras. Nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I uh, I didn't know what the backyard ultras were until they started talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> like, what are these things? But they're very popular now. So yeah, um, I it, love it. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Um, when do you think you called yourself a runner, Tebow? Why? When? When do ah. you think you called it? Or do you? Like some people, I've spoken to people who are runners, I think are runners, but they don't call themselves a runner. So it's a personal kind of identity. Yeah. For, for me, someone, you're a runner if you run, simply. Mm. is simply that. You yeah. can just go out once a week and do your 5K. Yeah. You're still a runner. Exactly. R runner is not. It's not a competition. Uh, you're yeah. not. Uh, it's not because you do competition. You're a runner. No, if you run, you're a runner. After yeah. it's different kind of runner, different kind of running, yeah. different kind of competition, social. But if you run, you're a runner. Slow, fast, long, short. Whatever. So after your two k, did you think with after your first two k, would you have called yourself a runner then, or did it take a little bit longer before you? I will have not called myself a runner. I will call someone a runner if he do 2K every week. Yeah. You're a runner. Yeah. You, you're in this space. You just, you want to progress or not. But if 2K a week 
makes you feel good and makes you feel you did it something good for you, you're a runner. Mm -hmm. After, if you do 2K and you don't run for seven months and you do another 2K, I don't know. I don't think you're a runner. In this case, I'm a tennis man. I'm a soccer player. I'm a... <laughs> I can be a lot of thing in this case, but yeah. you know, just if you do two k, you do slow two k every week, or you do hundred k a week. Both of them are runner. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> what do you What do you think um, drives you at the moment? Like, is it competition versus just these big? you know, long distances to see, you know, whether you can achieve them. What's What drives you to keep doing it? Is it competition versus a challenge? I, I think it's mostly challenging myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to do this, this triple crown under just to push myself to see where I'm able to go mm -hmm. as a human and a, as, a, as a runner, someone train and just, is here every week just mm -hmm. show up for the run and everything for the competition i like it i like competition i will not lie I like competition <laughs> i like to push myself against people and for that i do it but on smaller race yeah yeah i just do just some 20k or 30k race and is where i'm trying to be competitive you know i try to reach podium i try to do stuff like that I have fun on it, but yeah, just the big race like the Triple Crown, not sure I'm going for the competition. It's more competition against myself than yeah. anyone else. Yeah, like the challenge to yeah. all those things we talked about a minute ago. Mm. Mm. You just, I just want to push myself to see where I'm able to go. Can I do it? Can I not? We will see that next year. <laughs> we will, and we're going to keep track of it. Is it how... How will people be able to follow your journey? Are you doing anything that, that it, will enable yeah. that? On, on my social media, mostly on my Instagram, I will um, basically share uh, from next month part of my training and part of my healthcare with the clinic and some of the sponsors. And because I have, um, I don't know if you know, Bix. I, he's been on the podcast as well. I have uh, Vlad. He just, uh, How come you have not been on my podcast before, Timo? I, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Vlad, uh, when I spoke to him about the project and I asked him just how we love to have Bix on board, he said, yeah, I'm on board. Just he's awesome. You have my support and just let's do it. So now we just, I'm, I'm, I have big support. I have Connect Healthcare support. I'm trying to find every other people who can help me to to reach my goal. But yeah, looks like uh, people trust in me. People just by the trust the people give me, I feel it boosts me just more and more. You yeah. know, yeah, because you're not just running for yourself as well. By the sound, like you also by having all these other people on board, all these other companies yeah. and things, you know, yeah, you're yeah. running for more than just yourself as well. Like there's these other elements yeah. to it. Is it for, for me as well, when I decide to do it, one thing up here is I estimate a budget cost mm -hmm. and it's quite high. Yeah. And I decide to invest a part of, of it from my personal money. But I'm not able to cover this 
pour le budget, yeah. uh, you know, just to have big soundboard and everything, that's mean it cut a big part of my cost for the yeah, training, for the course. race, for all the yeah. electronics. Just, yeah. So that just to have company on board is helping me to be able to minimum, mm. yeah, and mm. to be able to reach it with less stress, I guess. Yeah. You know? Because when you do things like that, you always have this stress. Like, oh, yeah. Do I have everything? Do I have everything? Do I have enough money to pay for everything? Yeah. Do, do we put enough money in the project for my partner to drive the car? She of will course. run out of petrol and we'll have to pay her from her. You know, it just is a lot of things to come in. But no, yeah, it just, it's, it's it pretty helps. fun. It's pretty good. How and do you I, deal with stress? Uh, I'm I'm good usually. I'm not a stressed person. After it can happen, you know, just at yeah. some point. Yeah. But um, in most of my big race recently, the fact I have my partner as my lead crew, mm -hmm. and she will she know she know me very well. She know how I react. She know what she has to do to to basically avoid me stressing. Mm -hmm. It's been working very well. I can just, when I'm running, shut off of any problem outside of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Because I know she's here. She will take care. If there's any problem, she will take care of it. I love it. And I, will, and I don't have to do anything. If, and she's good with that. And she's good to, to manage all these components outside of the race who will make me stress she take mm -hmm. it she manage it and that's it and to have a good support crew is so healthy for, for mm. is, does she run as well 5k a week yeah yeah so she does <laughs> that's it yeah. that's it she's a runner <laughs> it's what i say she say no but it's what i say <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we run basically yeah, maybe once or twice a week together okay that's nice um how long do you think you'll run for in your life as long as i can basically just uh, if one day i have to stop running i will stop running but if i have nothing just block me to stop running why i should stop well, that's true. You shouldn't. <laughs> that's right. But it's, it is up to you. You can stop if you want. Yeah. But you know, it's, um, I really been inspired by a book I, I read called Raven. What's it called? Raven. R-A-V-E-N. Raven. He's, um, he's an American runner. And every day he was going for his run on the beach. And People start to join him and he run all his life every like day. Like Forrest Gump. <laughs> basically. And he's a, he, he write a, a journalist write a book about him because she joined him on, on few runs and everything. And yeah. the book is so inspirational. And at the end, you have the list of every people who run with him because oh, when, you're, when you come to him to run with him, he usually gives you a nickname. And after, just he, he was counting all the number of time of the people was coming to run with him and everything. And you have at the end of the book, you have all the index of all the person joining him on the run and he'll yeah. run for all his life, same distance on the beach every single day. I love it. 
Oh, it's well, a, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as it's well. It's a great book. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite books. Oh, I love it. Um, You're also a coach, you mentioned at some point. So tell yes. us a little bit about that. Um, I, I did the... But when I was in Tassie, uh, I was looking for learn more about running. Yeah. And I find a company called UESCA, is an American company. Mm-hmm. And they offer course of coaching course about yeah. defense. They have road running, tri running, triathlon. Uh, I think they have a special one for swimming. They have a nutrition yes. course as well. And me, I did the try running one and I learned a lot of it. And oh, wow. when I got my, my diploma, when I got my qualification, I said, oh, okay, let's give a shot. And I try and it's my third year. And I never, I always have at least one person in coaching. I never been empty and I love it. How do they I, find you? Is that listed in the like that coaching um, training? Yeah. Do they have like a list of I have who are qualified? A, um, no, I just I basically open my company called Nomad Runner Spirits, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been at Tazi Trifest. I was the official coach of the event as well for the second year. Excellent, and that brings me a lot of just visibility and since yeah just i have i have people from canada with who i was running to reach me to reach out and say oh can you help me i'm stuck in my training and just coaching i have some friends from france now just i have one of my friends oh he doesn't run much but he want to get better on his 10k or ask me if i can help him just and yeah i just got people people coming to me and just yeah fantastic great so I guess they reach out to you right, via your Instagram? Like that yeah, would be, like if I put that in the show notes as well, they could do that? Yeah, or Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have a dedicated page to just coaching. See, so. I have the Nomad Runner Spirit page. Oh, you do. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a website or, or a, Web- social, a website? Website is a website, is a, is a social media as well. And I have the Nomad Runner Spirit spirit uh, social try run on the Saturday morning here in Adelaide. I love that. Well, I'm going to put links to all of those in the show notes so that people Thanks. can follow it up because <laughs> I'm sure that um, that people will because <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, let me see. I've already asked you, I think, well, have I? Do you think... What do you think your life would be like if you hadn't started running? I think I've asked you a similar kind of question, but maybe yes. that oh, would... If I, if I didn't start running, I would yeah. just... I think I would be the same as uh, as I was before, just mm-hmm. drinking and smoking and yeah. <laughs> just spending my life between stop to pub and uh, what I was doing before, what I was doing eight years ago. And how would you feel about that life? I loved it. I had yeah. great experience. I have no problem to 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 say what I, what I did during this time. Yeah. But no, I don't want to go back in this life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we have different seasons for different things, it. don't we? Yeah. Is is that and I uh, 
you know, it just it was part as well when I was younger and I was, it was, I'm, I'm glad I did it when I was young and yeah. now to have a different life path and just doing something else. Yeah, different experience. Yeah. Mm. Um, is there anything about running that you would like to share that we maybe haven't touched on while we've been talking about your journey? Um. I'm, I'm, like we say at the beginning, I like adventure. I like new adventure. Yeah. yeah. Of course, for me, next year is busy already, but is nothing just for the next year after, for the next few years after. I have no plan ready. Just if anyone who listens to the podcast and have an idea, say, oh, I would love to do this run and everything, but is a big run logistic is is really hard and everything please reach out let's speak if i can help you i will help you if i can be part of your support crew i will do it if oh, i can I run it. with you i will do it i just i if someone have a crazy idea something on they want to do and everything just honestly and you need help send me a message because if you're if I can help you, I definitely will. I think that's the main thing for me in oh. the next few years. After my project, it will be just if anyone have a project and don't feel to do to do it alone, reach out. I will do my best to help. The support, the support role, isn't that? And then it. they also get to listen to your wonderful French accent at the same time. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's one thing I say to, to a lot of people and mostly of the athlete I coach, it just, when you do something about running, doesn't, don't hesitate to speak to someone around. Yeah. Because all the difficulty you will encounter, you have a chance people around of you already have them and already just find a solution for it. Yeah. Don't lose two weeks to find a solution or a problem when your neighbor has the solution and he can tell you what to do. Yeah, that's a really you know? good point. Mm. Is, is, I say that a lot of athletes I coach. If you have a pain, let me know. Mm. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physio. I'm not a yeah. magician. I will not fix your pain. But you have 90% chance I already had this pain or yeah. I know someone who already had this pain and I will be able to, okay, you don't need to go to your doctor and go straight to the physio. It will help yeah. you. But yeah. don't need to go to the physio. That is in your feet, the problem. Go to see a podiatrist. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, I'm happy to help anyone. Just it's something you have to learn to do it is to speak to the people yeah. around of you. There's lots of expertise out there around you that you may not be aware of until you speak. That, you that's it. When I was running in the crew in Canada, at one point, when I understand that, I was speaking to everyone. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> did you run this weekend? What did you do? What do you do next weekend? Just, I just wanted to accumulate all the information. And with all the information I received, I learned that so much and so quickly. Oh, wow. This is, it was impressive. And that it took me a bit of time to understand it. But when I did it, just was great. You're like a sponge. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just soaking it all up <laughs> and then using it to help other people as well. So that's pretty amazing. But yeah, just 
if I learn something, why keep it for me when I can give it to someone mm. else you know, who's that. need it? That's the running community can be very helpful as well. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. they Definitely. always want to help each other, which is interesting considering it's this kind of solo sport that we're <laughs> yeah. also, also helpful. But it's solo sport when you train after the, when you do competition is a community competing yeah. together, basically. But yeah. That's interesting. Um, what do you listen to? Do you, or do you listen to anything, or do you run without anything in your ears? Nothing. Hmm? nothing You've always nothing. been like that. No, I was running before with earphone, but I was listening my music. But I discovered just what I listen impacts my speed, and oh. when I train, just if the beat was faster, I would go running yeah. way too fast. Uh-huh. If it was slower, I was not able to push the efficiency i would say it's so that i stopped to listen anything and i usually now use my long run when i'm alone to think a lot you know if um if i have a problem i don't know in my job or anything i will yeah. go for a long run will in my head put the problem see all the side of the problem think about solution consequences everything yep. and usually when i come back after my run i have a solution and i have an idea of what i will do to fix it i love it i yeah. i've um being a, an entrepreneur and it sounds like you're pretty entrepreneurial too certainly heading in that direction <laughs> um i often come up with some of my best entrepreneurial ideas while i'm running they're really good in a run that's say an hour maybe an hour and a half but if i go really long like if I run for two or three hours and get exhausted the ideas I think are awesome when I'm running and not that good when I get home and write them down yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think it's because your oxygen I've talked about this on the podcast a few times the oxygen leaves your brain a lot more and is keeping your body moving forward you know when you just yeah, go yeah, into yeah, that automatic mode. <laughs> so it's not very good at thoughts even though it thinks it is and it's a lot of but sometimes when you're in your thoughts you know you just don't see the distance going and yes. just going there, so yeah. you think, yeah. oh, I already did that. You don't see the passing, you know. Just, <laughs> oh, where did I go? 40 minutes, that's all right. I will have to turn around. I will be late. <laughs> yeah, uh, I no, understand yeah. that. Totally it's, happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, crazy. Injuries. I did want to, before we wrap up, because I know I've kept you ages, um, although I have adored listening to you speak because you have a wonderful accent, so thank you. <laughs> You probably get sick of Australian saying that to you. Um, <laughs> injuries. Do you have you had any? Is it, are you injury prone? Often people who start, you know, when they're a little bit older, although you weren't really that old, but they don't don't get that many as many injuries. I didn't add any injury for mostly my life. Yeah, and I uh, sprained my ankle last year for the first time in my life so you fell like it was a fall rather no than a... i step on a rock and the rock just oh. roll and oh that was enough i sprained it and okay. it was actually pretty bad it took me time to fix it wow. now it's better i'm still yeah. working on it i still mm-hmm. do my strengths and trying to to take care of it but mm-hmm. uh yeah but now i just have to fix my uh mental uh you know, because when I'm going downhill and I see the rock, I don't go as fast or as hard I was doing before because now yes. I am always this, oh, careful, you're oh, 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 oh. just cannot jump and go fast on it. But uh, now it's coming back. 
In the last uh, last month, I've been able to just push quite hard in some technical terms. And mm. it's funny, isn't it? What goes on in a brain? Have you have you done the triple top? Yeah, no. you? you haven't done that one because that has a big scree at the end, a really mm. big, bouldery scree. And the last time I did that, I managed to. Um, it, the rest of the run, I was quite slow because you know I'm in my fifties and mm. I just amble along now. Um, but I tore down there like I, no men's like a, it was a controlled falling. I was surprised how I was not worried about falling, so yeah. <laughs> which was weird because normally I maybe would be. So I don't know what don't really know. Well, when you when you're confident, you yeah, this. just used everything around me. That you know, grabbed the trees where I needed to, and yeah. just like controlled falling through this great big boulder scree thing. It was <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, when, when you're confident in in interest, it's great. Yeah, it just feels really good. Yeah, yeah. I love but it. Now, now all the time I'm going, I am in my head. I have my uncle appearing. It's oh no, no. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. um, that'll go after a little yeah. while. You'll yeah. you'll get your confidence back in that Is, uh, in that space. Just, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, although you'll get that'll just happen more and more as you get older because it's just <laughs> it's the thing of getting older, unfortunately. Anyway, I don't think, <laughs> no, think about it. You're still a baby. Not a problem. <laughs> All right. Um, like I said, we have kept you ages. I will um, put a bunch of those things into the um, show notes. Before awesome. we go, though, don't don't jump off straight away anyway. But before we go, I would love to ask you for some tips for beginner runners. And as you're a running coach as well, that should be really easy for you. So what do you say to people if they say, um, Tebow, where would you start? How do I want to start running? Where do I start? First, it will be just to grab your shoes, go, don't push, just go on the feeling, just what you feel to do and see how long you go. If you cannot just record your distance, fine. See how long you go on time. Just put your, yeah. your, your start and see if you go for 10 minutes, 15, whatever. And after that, try to keep it and to do it until you're bored to do the same thing and it's getting too short for you. And after that, you can start thinking to go faster, go Great longer. Mm. Go. But wait to be bored of it okay. before trying to do something. You know, just when you mortal say, okay. I've been listening my body. I, I didn't push when he was starting to hurting and everything, but mm -hmm. now I want to go further. Yeah. If your mental is ready, your body will be always. Wow. I love that. I mean, for you to say all these distances and stuff that you've covered and you haven't, apart from, you know, your ankle, which is, sounds like, you know, it's more that it was a rock that got in the way mm -hmm. rather than, you know, my legs, my thighs are sore or my, you know, my hamstring issue. You know, people have, runners tend to have lots of those kind of things going on. Whereas you don't sound like you've. I have, I have pain. Much of that. I have pain. I have soreness, but is, if it's not an injury, mm. it's always manageable. Mm. And you don't need to be a professional ultra runner to to be able to pass this kind of pain, yeah. but give you the opportunity to keep going and to go further. So the only thing is to listen your body and mm -hmm. to know when you're ready to push a little bit through the pain 
yeah. or to not push it because this pain is the beginning of injury. Yes. It's what I say as well. Just It's really hard and you can only do it when you listen to your body, but it's hard to know what is pain from an injury and what is pain from soreness. Absolutely. But when you listen to your body and at one point, you will be able to make this difference. Mm. And when you be able to see that is a pain because I'm sore, I can keep going. I can go past. Doesn't mean it will be not painful, but nobody say running was an easy sport. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of why you should do it. Because uh, we get too much stuff in our life. It's so easy. We have talked on the podcast plenty of times about that particular point that you just brought up. I think it's really interesting and mm. there is no easy answer and it's a very individual thing. Like yes. to know what's, a, what's an injury and what's not an injury and how in touch you are or are not with your body even those of us who've who've run most of our lives aren't necessarily in touch with our body enough to know. You just, you just have to listen to to your body and more you do it, more Mm. you will know yourself, more you will know your body. And at one point, you know, when you should stop just to give an example. um, I run over 100 K a week is, I love it. Mm -hmm. But many times, Going for my long run, I plan to go for 50k and at the 20k, just some something just is off. Something it happened. Sometimes I turn around and I'm go back home. Yeah, I will not reach my 100k this week. Doesn't matter. I know next week my body will be recovered to get back in my training. Yeah. If I was deciding to push for this extra 30k and I was injuring myself. I will be out of running for a month. Mm. Where is the point? Yeah. You know? And is is what I want to say to the people. The more you run, or you know you yourself, the more you listen to your body, better will be after. Mm. Is I don't think it's any other secret of that. Yeah. I think the beginning of running is that run, listen to your body, and when you know your body, you will be able to go further. Mm. I love it. I love the philosophical side of that. That I, yeah, there's so much that we could um, dig into that, and maybe we will. Maybe we'll get you on for another <laughs> podcast and dig into that because that's fascinating <laughs> for me. You know that whole knowing ourselves because I think it's the mm. journey we're all on, and we never actually fully get there. Like it's that's yeah, what definitely. life is about. It's just this thing that where we're trying to work out who we are. <laughs> we never really work it out, but we do our best. <laughs> We will need a full podcast to go through my thought. <laughs> exactly. That's just awesome. I love it. All right. Don't jump off, but I'll say goodbye to you on the podcast now. Thank you so much, Bebo. It's been amazing to get to know you a bit more. And I love your energy. And best of luck for your adventure next year. We'll keep an eye on how you go. And maybe you can come back afterwards as well and tell us yeah, how it definitely. went. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. That's great. Thank you for listening to the FitMind Fit Body Podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. Send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. You'll find details in the show notes and on the FitMind Fit Body website, along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.